0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Syracuse Sports, presented by Krause Health, the official healthcare partner for SU Athletics. Well, look at this. We got the band back together because, as Emily has stated very well, there's no such thing as an off-season. What is it, Emily, the silly season that we're in now? (laughs) The irregular season. That's it. I couldn't remember. The irregular season, as Emily calls it, and... The news has come fast and furious with all what's happening in the transfer portal. Of course, recruiting. Another signing day is coming up uh, next week, by the way. So keep an eye on that for Syracuse football. But what we are going to focus on today is the release of the schedule. Now, we had bits and pieces of it. We knew there were certain games in prime time. We knew Ohio was the opener. We heard about UNLV being added to the schedule earlier this week, which, by the way, Vegas, baby vegas let's go i'm excited emily guess who's coming on that road trip with you
1: i think everyone wants to go on that road trip. yes
0: yes i know but i am staking a claim now our friend and executive editor nate mink does not know this yet but i am going on that trip to las vegas so that'll be it. fun a lot of syracuse fans are excited about that which by the way a quick shout out to herm frazier for uh, making chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? Army bales, because they join a conference. <laughs> non conference schedules are made years ahead of time. You're like, uh oh, what are we going to do about that? And you get a trip to Vegas out of it, Emily. I mean, shout out to Herm. Let's go.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm in. Playing in, a, playing in an NFL stadium, too. NFL stadium that's hosting the Super Bowl this year. So, little Just thing a called deal. the
0: Super Bowl. And Emily and I will be excited to go to a stadium called the Death Star. Of course. So that's all out there. But we got the full schedule release on Wednesday. So we wanted to have a little fun with this. So I sent four questions to our Syracuse Sports Insiders. And by the way, we would love for you to become a Syracuse Sports Insider today. All you got to do is text the word orange to 315-847-3895. And you get direct texts from me, including fun texts like this. Hey, guys, we're doing a podcast. Here are four questions. We would love your feedback on this. And, Emily, we're going to set a record today for participation from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. So what Emily and I are going to do is – I should leave that up there for another second so people can sign up and know how to sign up. It's two weeks free, by the way, and just uh, $3.99 a month after that. So we're going to ask those questions one at a time. Emily and I are going to give our take on that question. Then we're going to go to you guys, the Syracuse Sports Insiders, to hear what you had to say – about an interesting schedule that is now laid out top to bottom. Okay. I'm going to jump right in, Emily. And I turn to you for the first question. What is the most anticipated game on the 2024 Syracuse football schedule?
1: So I kind of have a three-pronged answer to this. I think we kind of just touched on it, but for environment, I think the most excitement I've seen from the fan base is over the UNLV game, which is understandable. You got an excuse to go to Vegas. Um, just a cool environment from a football perspective, from a, all the other things you can do while you're in town perspective. Uh, I think it's a good opponent as well, which we can talk about later, I'm sure. Uh, matchup wise, what I would assume maybe fans are the most excited for, I don't really know. Like, there's not like a matchup that stands out to me that I feel like people might be anticipating the way we've seen other matchups in, in recent years, but my best guess for what the fan base might be anticipating the most is the Miami game that ends the season. It's just been a couple of years since Syracuse has seen Miami. Um, Obviously both were different programs. The last time they met, which I believe was 2017, different head coaches, different things going on. So those are my first two prongs for me, the game I'm anticipating most is the Cal game, just because it means I get to go back to the West coast um, I thought I wanted to go to Cal for several years in high school. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. Uh, um, yeah, that was like, it wasn't my first choice, like when I was actually applying to schools, but like kind of in that period between like 13 and 17, when you first start being like, Ooh, what college am I going to go to? Yeah. Cal, um, was up there on my list. And then I ended up visiting it and did- feel like it was for me, but still excited to get out there. And the Bay Area is great, so that's another one that I think people, if, if they can get out to that game, should go to that game.
0: Two West Coast trips, by the way. For the first time, I saw the stat last night, and I was like, what? For the first time since 1915, okay, what was that train ride like when Syracuse had to go to the West Coast twice in the mid-19-teens? I, I, that that's a story in and of itself right there, but seven home games, five on the road, including those two West coast trips, UNLV and Cal, that is a good one. I've never been to, I have been in the Los Angeles airport, but I've never explored the state of California. So maybe I'll be going on two road trips this year with you, Emily. And it's going to take me about a decade to get used to saying that, that Cal and Stanford are on the slate and they're both on the slate this year for Syracuse. They don't play SMU. We'll see when that comes about in the new uh, 17 team ACC that they're in. Now, I think some of these answers are going to surprise you when we get to the Syracuse sports insider take in a minute. Mine is Miami. I remember when Syracuse, there's a real big East feel to the schedule, by the way, which I really like. And I remember when Syracuse would play Miami, Chris Gedney, Tackled three yards short of the end zone in an epic game. Donovan McNabb's senior game against Miami. And that the the feel of the U and that team when Syracuse would cross paths with them. The fact that Miami has not been to the JMA Dome, then the Carrier Dome, since 2002, shows you how absurd the schedule was prior. And props to the ACC for fixing this, getting rid of the divisions, and you're pretty much going to play everybody in the ACC within like a four-year period. And The more they expand, we'll see if they can keep pulling that off. But I'm looking forward to that game, not only because of the nostalgia, and I just love to see that, not a rivalry, that's not the right way to put it, but that series renewed. Emily, there could be a lot on the line in that game. If Mm -hmm. things break Syracuse's way, there could be a lot on the line in that game. I'm just going to put it that way. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say ACC championship game, but look. There could be a lot on the line in that game. Maybe if it's Mm -hmm. not for the ACC title game, it could be some kind of high level bowl positioning, or I just feel like, and the students are out of town for that game, by the way, that's Thanksgiving weekend. So smaller crowds at the dome this year, but I think that's, that's the seller. That's the big one. Let's go to the Syracuse sports insiders and Emily. I was surprised at what won here. This was the most popular answer. and I'm going to highlight a few of these answers. Michael S. says, Virginia Tech at home. The Orange could be strong going into that game against an old Big East rival that usually poses problems. Sean B. says, Virginia Tech. I think Q is a shot at being, again, undefeated going into that game given the schedule, and he calls it soft. Georgia Tech will be a test in Game 2, and NC State won't be easy. Dare I say, game day. Jack H. says the same thing. Most anticipated Virginia Tech. They whooped us last season, a dark horse for the ACC championship. Like I think we are Syracuse could very well go into that six and one or seven and oh with our eyes on Charlotte. So how about that? I was not expecting I, that.
1: I can see it now that it's been in, mm-hmm. it's put out there. Like it, it makes sense. Uh, certainly the dark horse comment is right. I think I, I did put that in my um, scheduled capsules yesterday when I wrote about Virginia tech, they were kind of the dark horse this past year, even there was kind of a stretch near the end of the season where they were kind of in contention potentially for that, that second spot behind FSU, obviously. I think they, they ended up finished fourth in conference win percentage, but Virginia Tech is, is a good team. I think, you know what? The game day comment is interesting. We all know the game day history or lack of history with Syracuse. Um, and, there's a lot of big storylines this year, obviously, with Fran Brown and, you know, Kyle McCord here and Virginia Tech. I think that's certainly a game at a point in the season where Syracuse could be a legitimate contender and, and have some weight under its belt that that would maybe make sense.
0: Well, game day loves great stories. They love great matchups and everything. But if Fran Brown comes in and, you know, sprinkles his magic fairy dust on this thing, and, and they are 6-1 or 7-0 and oh going into that They love a good story like that. Coach comes in, revives football, huge game. Syracuse and Virginia Tech have matched up on game day in the past. It did not go very well. (laughs) I think it was 62-0 at Lane Stadium uh, back in the day. So we'll see if this is finally the year that game day comes. Uh, One more on this note, Emily. Uh, Ryan F. notes, it's a tie between Ohio and Miami. So bookending the first and last games of the schedule. First game of the Fran Brown era with these players and in the Dome's new seats. And the biggest brand name opponent to close the year with the possibility of big stakes. There you go. On to question Here's number two. You have a question, two.
1: Brent. Yeah. Wait, I got a question for you first. Okay. Kind of off of that last one. Do you Fire think? Away. Do you think there's any chance they sell out game one of the season just because of the intrigue of it being Fran Brown, regardless of it being Miami or of being Ohio? Do you think? Do you think there's a chance there's a packed dome for that game?
0: Emily, I can state to you here on Thursday, January the 25th, as we record this, I am guaranteeing you that game will sell out.
1: Okay. Okay. I am
0: guaranteeing (laughs) you that game will sell out because I've seen this pattern in the past, okay, and I mean this with all love in my heart, guys, because you know I love you, but Syracuse is a fair-weather sports town. You have a pocket of diehards that go no matter what but as I am fully employing the fair weather 10,000 theory here. There's about 10,000 fans for both football and basketball that show up when it's a thing, when it's an event, when there's some buzz. They're not huge fans, but they're like, I got to be there. And you're giving me 8,000 less seats to sell out? I mean, they averaged about 37,000 a game last year, Emily, given the circumstances of that team, and we're, you know... It's kind of a weird year, and what was it going to be? They still average thirty-seven thousand. You, you tell me five thousand more seats. I'm in. I will take that. Sure. I'm not going to say every game is going to sell out, but I think Syracuse football, just based on everything we've seen, four straight at home to start. So you got to mm-hmm. carry that momentum through. It's going to be a tougher ticket than usual, especially with air quotes only forty-two thousand seats available.
1: I think if That's the a great first question, game doesn't. I think if the first game doesn't sell out, the second game certainly will, which is the ACC opener versus Georgia Tech. Guarantee that it sells out. There's still some of that non conference. It's an August game, barely. It's August 31st. Like that, people may be like, oh, I have a better thing to do on August 31st. But I think think this counters the ACC opener. Yeah, it's a good counter for sure.
0: I think this counters that. I think people are going to feel like they've got to be there for that. So less people go to the fair, go to. You know, that's Labor Day weekend. I, I think usually it's Labor Day weekend. I don't I know what Labor so. Day is this year, but guarantee sellout. There you go. Or your money back. Question number two. What do you see as the toughest stretch on the schedule? I'll start with this one, Emily. I understand this team has five of six road games in a stretch of six games. All five of the road games are like in one chunk, pretty much in the middle of the schedule. If you break it up a little differently – and you look at first half, second half. The second half of the season, you have three home games and three road games. I, I prefer to look at it that way. But five of six, that that's not easy. There's no home games in October. Again, which, how did that happen two years in a row?
1: What? Come on! You got to have one home game in October. That's football, it's, man. It is the pinnacle of that. I don't know if you know this, this internet meme, but like the... If I had a nickel for every time this happened, I would have two nickels. It's weird that it happened twice, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what's going on here.
0: I love that. I have not seen that meme, but that's spectacular. (laughs) So that's weird. But do you know what I think the toughest stretch is, Emily? The first four games.
1: Mm.
0: Here's what I mean by that. I know there's a lot of transfers. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of talent, but there's no preseason in college football. And that's got to come together quickly. And Georgia Tech, game two. Stanford on a Friday night, mind you, after a bye game, a bye week, pardon me. I don't like those early bye weeks. September 14th, week three, bye week already. Don't like that. I think this is a team that I'm not saying they're going to go two and two in that stretch, but I'm saying the possibility that you're just not in flow yet, everybody's still getting used to each other, and you're playing Georgia Tech in week two. That's a tough game. Stanford could sneak up and bite you. That's two league games in your first four. I think that's tough because you got to get your feet under you and and figure this thing out. And I'm not saying the road stretch isn't tough. A couple other back-to-backs you had NC state and UNLV back-to-back. That's not going to be easy, but I feel like if this team doesn't quite have its feet on the ground, that'll be a little tougher than people think, even with the backing of what I think will be some sellout crowds.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I put the October stretch just because it's also hard on me having to travel every single weekend <laughs> in a month.
0: You're feeling it too. Um, yeah.
1: It's like, I mean, and I don't even have to practice five other days a week and like, go through with the, pads. Like, physical, remember. Yeah. Right. With the physical stuff. Um, it's just tough to not be sleeping in your own bed and not get to go through your own routines and the place you're used to and stuff. So uh, plus like that's kind of the stretch where they have four of their ACC or I guess all they have five ACC games back to back to back in that stretch whereas like the other couple ones are broken up with some um, non-conference games you got the at NC State at Pittsburgh at home versus Virginia Tech at Boston College at Cal all conference games which yes normally happens in a season uh, but that's that's just still a lot to handle and we know at that point in the season, the ACC always seems to be in full chaos mode. So anything could be going on at
0: that point. Yeah, the last five games, all in November, no breaks, no buys in there. And Look, Fran Brown has to prove what Dino Babers couldn't, that this team could stay healthy, that it could be deep. Everybody has injuries, but by that time, you know, war of attrition, who's healthy, who's not. And while the balance is out a little bit more between home and road games, as opposed to last year. You got to go five straight to finish the season. Let's see what our Syracuse Sports Insider said about this one. Michael C. says, the last four games, until I see Syracuse play well in November, speaking of which, I'll remain skeptical that they'll do so regardless of the change in staff. I expect them to struggle and hope to be wrong. I like how he put that. Jim B. says, NC State followed by UNLV. My guy, oh, here it is, Mark in San Diego says, Weeks 6 through 10, the four road games, there's another candidate there. Brandon M. notes the October stretch into the Virginia Tech game. James noted what we were just talking about, Emily. All of October, this team being away, scares me again. That is a weird quirk. We're going to have to shout out to Herm for the UNLV thing, but we got to figure out this October thing. I have no idea what's going on. I like to go leaf peeping and apple picking as much as anybody, but give me one football game in October. Come on. Right. (laughs) Number three, what opponent could spring a surprise on Syracuse? Emily, I will defer to you to start on this one.
1: I, so my thing with choosing this is that I I think realistically, any ACC team could bring a surprise. Like that's just the nature You're play You're all peers. Like, any of those teams could surprise you. Um, So I leaned towards picking one of the non-conference games. And the obvious one to me was UNLV. I mean, Barry Odom, former Mizzou coach, I covered him one season at Missouri, the season he was fired, unfortunately for him. Uh, (laughs) He just led that team to like a nine and five finish in his first season as head coach. They're getting the new quarterback, the quarterback from Holy Cross, Matthew Sluka, who um, was kind of, obviously not as hot a commodity as some other quarterbacks in the portal, but was certainly up there in intrigue and interest. And, you know, obviously they're playing in their, their home turf, their home stadium. Um, So yeah, I think, I think UNLV could be like a surprisingly very good game for Syracuse. Um, I don't know how much like rebuilding they've had to do roster wise this season, but certainly was a well-led program last year and among the four non-conference games is, is the most difficult opponent.
0: I'm going to go non-conference as well, because I'm i not surprised, air quotes, by any ACC team that would beat you on the schedule. I They avoided Clemson and Florida State this year, which is huge Thanks. for their hopeful run to compete for the ACC championship game. But I'm going to go Cal on this one. Emily, you brought mm-hmm. it up earlier. You're going on a the full West Coast tilt, Syracuse to Berkeley. That's a long flight. Depends on what time that game is. If that's an early afternoon game, you're so thrown out of whack there time zone-wise. Syracuse has not gone to the West Coast in 10 years. And, Emily, I remember, I'm going back a little bit here, but when Syracuse went to BYU, I think it was 2002. Now, that's altitude as well, and I believe that was a, a Thursday night game or something of that nature, but you could tell in that game they were just thrown off by the travel and the elevation and just everything they had to deal with there. Some games, you're just, you're thrown off, you said, your routine and sleep deprivation, just weird stuff happens. I have no, I like you were saying, I haven't really dove in fully to Cal and what kind of team they're going to have and what changes they've had. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you beat you. And I just feel like mm-hmm. that could be a game where Syracuse beats itself, just based on the circumstances. They will have already traveled to UNLV, so they'll have a little bit of a sense of it but I just feel like that could be one of those weird games where you're getting into it. What is that? Mid-November? I believe Cal is. Yeah. November 16th. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about, maybe some injuries have piled up. So that's going to be my candidate there. Let's see what the insiders say. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I was going to say I'll throw in too with like Northern California in mid November. That that's likely not going to be a sunny game. (laughs) There is a high probability that is like a rainy weather game. Uh, For those who are not aware, Northern California climate is a lot different than Southern California climate. (laughs) Like Northern California is the Pacific Northwest in terms of climate. So that Emily knows the the weather. And I do know the weather could be definitely a factor in that game as well.
0: More more like Oregon up that way climate Mm -hmm. than. Than los angeles exactly mikey v says georgia tech stanford unlv cal could derail our season i love this text emily my guy gabe says both the golden bears and stanford trees their mascot is a damn tree brent google it that's like how he says syracuse
1: is is an orange so i'm gonna be honest You guys, I don't know you have that much of a leg to stand on against a tree.
0: (laughs) All-time mascot game right there. We don't really know what to expect from those two teams. I like that point, too. Uh, Nick says UNLV, 9-5 and last year, won the Mountain West, strong portal presence, returns one of the best wide receivers in the country in Ricky White, and the go-go offense is very potent. A lot of people are picking UNLV here, but Frank F. somewhat surprised me. We said UConn, depending on how the season is going, could get caught looking ahead to the Miami game. Jacob went with this, Emily. I think NC State is the most losable game on the schedule. Dave Dorn's done a fantastic job in the portal, starting with Grayson McCall at quarterback. Uh, I believe we have one more here. Oh, this is Jacob continuing, saying, that's a really good team, and Syracuse will face them in a tough atmosphere fresh off a trip to the West Coast. So good point there as uh, the Orange recover. Question number four. The way too early record prediction, but come on, Emily, everybody looks at the schedule and a number pops in their head. And when I saw that schedule laid out, okay, this is where they are. This is, you know, schedule matters, travel matters, five out of six road games. As we mentioned, those things add up. The number that blinked in my head was eight and four. I said eight and four seems reasonable to me, which is two more wins than last year. I mentioned maybe that Cal game, something like that. You, you you beat yourself. That's inevitable to happen. And I even went wins, Ohio, Georgia Tech, Stanford, Holy Cross, UNLV, Virginia Tech, Cal, UConn. Losses, NC State, Pitt, BC, Miami. So all four losses for the Orange I've got in the ACC category. What's the number that was blinking in your head when you saw the schedule?
1: It was also eight and four. I don't know that I have as cut and dry a prediction on like what the wins and losses are yet. Um, and obviously there, there's so much that we don't know about this team. Like on paper, everything is looking great and they've recruited this great roster and stuff like that. But I'm itching for spring football to see what that actually looks like when we get to see Kyle McCord passing and working with this offensive line and working against this defense that, has retained a lot of its key players that have, have made it successful in the past few seasons and obviously added big weapons um but yeah i think eight eight and four is a very comfortable prediction which feels kind of crazy though last year i guess at this time we were saying like oh this is potentially a nine win schedule <laughs> look how that went um but yeah i think eight and four is, is a pretty safe prediction for for january looking ahead at the schedule
0: Speaking of Kyle McCord, Emily, we should uh, pause there for a moment on him. So the recent Syracuse basketball game, uh, most if not all of the transfers were out there on the court. They got a nice announcement during one of the timeouts. They were tossing T-shirts in the crowd. McCord made it to the upper deck, by the way. I turned to Mike Waters, and I said, I think one of those T-shirts just made the upper deck, and I hope that was McCord that threw it, because you want your quarterback to be flashing that arm there. But he was in a boot on his right foot, now, the mm-hmm. thing is, he had a left ankle injury that he dealt with for most of last season and kind of fought through. So what I've been told, Emily, and I'm curious if you've heard anything, but what I've been told is he's fine. It's a procedure. He's going through it. His boot should be off in a couple of weeks. And I'm told he's a full go for spring practice. So you know, you go through a season and then you've got to recover in the offseason. I don't know if he got a surgery or anything done on it, but and things can change. We'll keep an eye on this for you guys, but from everything I understand, he'll be good to go.
1: Right. And, and January is always the time of year that this stuff happens for those guys just because they got about a two month buffer between the end of the bowl season and when spring season starts. And you, like a protective boot certainly is less concerning than a cast or him being right. like on crutches or anything like that. So, um, I I would not sweat too hard about that. But like you said, we will keep an eye on it and see if anything changes.
0: To the insiders and their predictions, Timmy C says 11 and one. I know, I know, but I wanted to say 12 and 0. I'm excited about coach Brown and the new talent that he's brought in. Samir says, based on returning players and transfer portal, I can see this team going nine and three best case 10 and two. If they stay healthy L, Drops in to say, Babers never was really able to protect the quarterback. That was a big part of the second half swoon the last two years. McCord does not have Schrader's frame and is more of a pocket passer. And he says, any hope of an eight-win season depends on how well we keep his jersey clean. I like how he puts that. I agree
1: with that. I agree with that.
0: Still a question mark, right? I think Fran Brown's on paper, as you wrote about in your mailbag this week, Emily. People check that out if you haven't. Has done as good of a job as you can in a short period of time. But it all comes down to that offensive line. And McCord is a pocket passer. Like, pure pocket Mm -hmm. passer. And that dynamic and changing that dynamic, as most of the quarterbacks Syracuse has had, you go from Dungy to DeVito to Schrader, can move. McCord is not in that mobility category. And Chris H. says, schedule doesn't look too daunting. Conservatively looking at a 10-2 and start to the Fran Brown era. Cannot wait. I've had basketball season tickets for years, and adding football for the first time. See, that's why I'm saying sellout, Emily. I think a lot of people are are getting the fever really high. Prescription Syracuse tickets, yeah. So, Emily, those are our four questions. We have answered our four questions, but I have a surprise for everybody. Oh, ladies and gentlemen,
2: we're going to the bullpen.
1: Oh, my God. Rock and Rock! Hey,
2: Brent and Emily. Rock and roll from Florida here. Been a while since we last chat, but hard to put the phone down trying to keep up with Fran Brown and the staff, you know, depending on, you know, what recruits that we got. And the ones he is offered... We're putting together one heck of a team. Uh, on the defense, boy, I'm so excited this year for these guys. We're a little worried there for a bit on Hastings, but we end up getting them. And I'm going to tell you, mark it down, we're going to have a top 10 defense this year. And I don't mean just the ACC. And with our backup, the front line and uh, linebackers of Wax and uh, that Herd Kid and uh, Amar, uh, we're going to be dino, Mike. And the offense, well, we didn't get as many out of the portal we want, but it's still early and uh, hoping that we, uh, after spring practice, that a few more go in the portal, maybe we can grab some help there. But the recruiting, I'm telling you, they're down here in Florida kicking the high school doors open and offering. I'll bet yesterday they did 10-15 offers at least. But it's going to be so exciting with the offense, uh, our uh, running backs and receivers we got, and... You know, I can't be a happy camp more of a happy camper and uh hoping to keep uh, uh in touch with you this year and uh, and uh, getting a call from the bullpen. So <laughs> uh but love hearing that uh, listening to you guys and lovely lady Emily. Uh to keep in touch. We'll be talking soon, I hope. Later.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the legend, Rock and Ron. Rock
1: and Ron.
0: Emily, I have a confession. I knew we were doing this show, and Rock and Ron is usually a guy who kind of goes with the flow after games, right? Rock and Ron, before we recorded this podcast, was not a Syracuse Sports Insider. So he did not Mm. know we were doing this. I can report that Rock and Ron is now a Syracuse Sports Insider. So he will get the heads Let's up. And we're doing the pods. Let's go. But my confession is I texted Rocket and Ron and I said, I need you. I said, Emily and I are getting together. We're doing a pod on the schedule that cannot happen without your take. So I gave him a little nudge to call the voicemail and, and give us that take. Beautiful stuff.
1: What a. What a pickup on a, a rainy Thursday in, in central New York, just to hear from Rocket Braun. He, he brings the Florida sunshine up to Syracuse. It's wonderful.
0: How about the reporting too? And they're down yeah. here getting the offers out there. Hey, that's, what's great about our insiders, Emily. They're all over the country. So they can mm-hmm. give us the boots on the ground reporting for Fran Brown and his staff out there scouring and looking under every rock find future syracuse football stars thank you ron appreciate it buddy thank you emily any uh, closing thoughts maybe some things we didn't get to in the syracuse football universe you want to send a parting shout off with here
1: yeah my two things one last schedule note i will remind everyone that a certain ex-orange quarterback justin lamson plays for stanford now and will be making his his dome debut in a game, which is crazy. He was here for two years, but because he redshirted and then was injured, he never ended up playing a game at Syracuse. So that uh, week week three, week four game against Stanford, that will be his first dome game. So that'll certainly be a fun storyline. And then my last thing is, any questions about the West Coast, about Northern California and that Cal trip? UNLV my grandparents used to live in Las Vegas so I was in Vegas a lot um, as a small child growing up obviously not doing the things that you might be (laughs) recommendations for but uh, the non-gambling non-drinking recommendations or if you're coming with your kids I have stuff for that and I'm sure once we get close to the season I'll maybe put something together on those two things but West Coast questions I'm your gal
0: I just have this picture in my head of 12-year-old Emily sitting at the craps table at some off-the-strip casino.
1: Playing <laughs> playing the slots. I mean, you <laughs> I can you, down. Like, walk through the casino, but yeah, good time. Grandpa, give me more, buddy.
0: I've never been to Las Vegas. Can you believe that? Wow. But That will change. That will change here in the calendar Brent's year 2024. Coming. Let's
1: go. Dennis Dennis already told me he's coming, too. So we might have like a whole crew going to Las
0: I'm in. Let's happen. Think of think of all the content that will come, let alone a football game. Right? Imagine the post-game pod on the floor of a casino. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Or I want to go to the chapel where Elvis marries you. There's probably several yes. of
1: those. I think Can there's, we have... one main, there's one main
0: one, I think. Okay. Picture this, Emily. We're at that place Elvis and somehow we get rock and Ron to come to Vegas with us and be all in that post game show this 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 will be epic this will be epic
1: just crazy stuff <laughs> it's gonna be well, like
0: that the is the Syrac- that yeah, that like the, exactly I picture us like that scene where those guys are all walking in in the hangover that's going to be the Syracuse.com crew just taking <laughs> Vegas for the weekend cannot wait that is the Syracuse football schedule 2024. Plenty more to come as Emily noted. Uh signing days coming up. The off-season news does not stop. Spring football is going to be here before you know it. Emily, we know you'll be all over it. Chris Carlson will be all over it. I'll be all over it. Make sure you sign up to be a Syracuse Sports Insider so you're all over it. Just text the word orange to 3158473895. Try it free for 2 weeks. Just 3.99 a month. After that, and you will safely know that you are amongst rock and run in the Syracuse Sports Insider Group. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on Syracuse Sports. For Emily Liker, i Brent Dax. It's all been presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare partner for SU Athletics.